everyone, and welcome to the City Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where it is our desire and mission to help you find and follow Jesus. Today's message is from our brand new sermon series, My Shepherd. In this study, we are going through the familiar passage of Psalm 23 and rediscovering David's declaration, The Lord is my shepherd. This statement relays a total dependency on Jesus as our shepherd, guide, and Lord over our lives. We're focusing on the truth that God is a personal God and He wants to be your shepherd. And as a result of His ownership, we can follow Him boldly and rest confidently in His care. And uh, before we get started, though, I want you to find somebody close to you, like last week, okay? I want you to look them deep in the eyes. Can you do that for me? All right. They may be a little ways away, but look them deep in the eyes. Hold their gaze. Can you do that? Hold it. And I want you to say this. You ready? I want you to say this. At least it's not as hot as last week. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay, good. It is warm. It's, uh, we know that, uh, but it's, seriously, it is not as bad as last week. So we're thankful for that. And uh, I'm glad that some of you decided to come back even after last week and how hot it was in here. Jeanette, when she was doing the warm-up this morning, she's like, man, it is hot up there. I was like, yes, it is. And so it's just a group of people gathered to watch a man sweat. It's really great, isn't it? Good. Well, we're in Psalm chapter 23 this morning, continuing this study. And I want to read the first three verses to you. Uh, just to sort of uh, get our minds connected uh, as to where we are at this point. In verse number one, it says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Verse number three is where we're going to begin this morning. He restoreth my soul and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There at the beginning of verse number three, those four words, he restoreth my soul. Why don't you say those with me? Ready? He restoreth my soul. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning is the restorative power of our shepherd. As the subject has been about our shepherd, the one uh, who cares for us, the one who loves us, the one who saves us, and the one that we can completely trust in. Now, as we continue this morning, I want to remind all of us as we get started that uh, just to remember the fact that this is written uh, from the position or from the viewpoint of a sheep who's in the care of a good shepherd. And if you missed uh, some of the earlier messages, I'd encourage you to go back and maybe catch up on those so you kind of understand we did a lot of uh, um, foundational work in those first few uh, messages together. But this is David, and he is writing to us as a sheep speaking to the great shepherd, Jesus Christ himself, the one that he had committed himself and placed himself under his authority. And he's writing from that position um, of security. Remember, the good shepherd is a good shepherd because he can actually follow through with his promises. He can actually do what he says he's going to do. And so he's writing from this position of security and belonging in the family of God. In essence, uh, he is talking about the almighty God who is caring for his every need. But as David is writing this, The question arises as we work our way through the passage. We've talked about how the Lord is our shepherd. We talked about uh, how uh, we we should not lack anything at all because if we've completely trusted in him, we'll have all that we need. He'll meet all of our needs. So why is it then when we come to verse number three, the question is raised or it's said here that he restores my soul. Now think about that for a moment. Why is it that a person who has placed themselves under the loving care of the shepherd 
Someone who's willfully said, God, you are my all in all. God, you are my everything. You're my shield. You're my strong tower. I'm trusting in you. And he, as the good shepherd, says, hey, come unto me, all you who are heavy, weary, and laden, I'll give you rest. The one who, who says, come, and, and I'll just take care of it. Why is it that David would say then that there is a restoration of his soul? There's a restoration of who he is that needs to take place. Why is that? Why is it that there is a restoring, a restorative aspect here? And you know what? That's a good question. That's a really good question to ask. Why is it that a person like you and I who have trusted in Christ and our Savior, why is it that you and I would need restoration? Well, I think we need to go back and understand who it is that's writing this. It's David, isn't it? He's the king. He is the the one who has seen throughout his life great victory and great care from the shepherd. But at the same time, we know that David has also tasted defeat, hasn't he? He has tasted the bitterness of falling into temptation. David is well acquainted with feelings of hopelessness. I mean, just read the book of Psalms, and you'll find somebody who feels hopeless at their very end, somebody who needs uh, strength, and somebody who recognizes that in within himself, there is no strength. So when we ask the question, uh, why is there restoration that needs to take place? It's because David here is speaking from life experience, and he's saying that, yes, even though the Lord is my shepherd, there are times that I need to be restored to my shepherd once again. See, listen, church, even in this great life of following Jesus, and by the way, it's a great life to follow the Lord, and I'm thankful that I have him as my Savior. And those of you that remember what it was like to live life without Jesus, you can be reminded of that fact. As good as it is to walk with a Savior and to walk with a God who loves us and cares for us, the truth of the matter is, is that if we would be honest, there are times where we don't necessarily feel like we're under his care. There's times where we feel great distances from our God, isn't there? Where we feel like uh, (laughs) there's great difficulty and challenge. But I think if we were to be honest, I think all of us could also say that those times that we feel far from God, oftentimes the seasons of life where we feel like we need restoration to the fathers because we have made decisions and because of choices that we have made ourselves that have led us away from the Father. And so there's a restoration that needs to take place. I'm not talking about just the difficulties of life. We've, we've covered a lot of that. Even in our first Peter series, we talked a lot about just the challenges of life that we are in. But I'm talking about the fact that often we find ourselves in need of restoration with our father, with our shepherd, because of decisions that we have made. I was thinking about David and Maybe as he was writing this, and of course we believe this was later on in his life, possibly during his exile when Absalom was uh, taking over the empire, taking away everything that he had worked 40 years to build and all that God had done. But I wonder if he looked back and he thought about all of the times that his own sin and his own straying from God brought about trials and difficulty. I wonder if he thought back to those 70,000 men in Israel who lost their lives because of his own pride in numbering the people, if you remember that story back in 1 Chronicles. I wonder if he looked back at his life and with sadness saw how he was so far from God, so far that his lust led to the death of a woman's husband and ultimately the death of a child because of his own lust and his just, it just consumed him and where he went with that. I wonder if he looked back and maybe in that moment of Absalom taking over uh, his, his empire, I wonder if he thought about to his own uh, how naive he was and how trusting he was when there were those that had warned him and had told him you should be walking with God so that you know the right directions to take. Of course, ultimately, it was going to lead to the death of his son Absalom. 
We could go on and on giving us examples and stories of David, uh, how he walked away from God and how he made decisions that took him away. And so the reason I share that with you is so that when David says that our shepherd is a restoring shepherd, he restores my soul, there's a restoration that takes place. I believe he's very clearly considering his own life and how God was always there to restore him when he was away. Now, the word restore here means to turn or to bring back. It means to return to a beginning or to return to a starting point. So when David says that God restores me, he says that God brings me back. In essence, I think what we understand this to mean is that God brings me back to where I should be. He brings me back to where I'm supposed to be. And David here is saying that our God is a restoring God who will always bring us back to where he once was. He will always restore us to himself should we desire that or should we be straying or away from him. Now, this is where the shepherd and sheep narrative comes again. So let's, let's get our minds locked in on that again. And every, every sermon, if you notice, I keep talking about shepherds and sheep and we're learning all sorts of weird things about shepherds and sheep. And this is just the narrative I want us to remember and understand because uh, what he's talking about here again is he is the sheep, uh, we are the sheep of course, and God is the shepherd. And what we know about sheep is that they are stupid animals, right? They are. In many ways they are helpless. And among the litany of dangers that they face on a daily basis, probably the greatest danger and some of the most dangerous challenges that sheep find themselves in are challenges of their own making. <laughs> situations and problems that they get themselves in. And because they have the inability to get themselves out of that difficult situation, the inability to rescue themselves, uh, they find themselves in a lot of great difficulty. And as I mentioned last week, a lot of the content and understanding that I have of this passage comes from a book by, the, by, by a guy named Philip Keller and a, a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. And he gives us so many great insights that are helping us out throughout, all, throughout this passage, of course. But here's particularly, he describes for us this idea of sheep wandering off and sheep getting themselves into trouble of their own making that they literally cannot get themselves out of. And he gives us a couple of different things in this book that I want to mention this morning. And, and really what I want to talk about is that this, these are ways that sheep get themselves in a place where they need restoration. And the connection we're going to make, like we do every week, spiritually, these are similar ways that we get ourselves in situations where we are in need of restoration with our Heavenly Father as well. So let's connect those dots, like right away, okay? These are situations and ways that we get away from the Lord, we fall away from Him, and we then are in need of restoration. And so these are going to be very clear in this explanation here this morning. So we're going to look at two areas where sheep, those of us that are part of God's flock, find ourselves in need of restoration. Because you know what? We have a God who wants to restore us, and I'm thankful for that. And let's just be fully honest here. We put ourselves in some situations where we are in need of our shepherd to come along and rescue us and restore us to that right relationship. Well, the first thing that I want you to notice is that restoration, when it comes to this subject of sheep and shepherd, restoration is for the cast down. Restoration is for the cast down. There's a condition that is identified by an old English expression, and the expression is cast down or cast. In fact, they refer to a sheep that is in this position as a cast sheep. Can you say cast sheep? Oh, that was weak. Come on. Can you say cast sheep? Cast sheep. All right, say it 10 times fast. No, don't do that. <laughs> cast sheep. So this is an interesting term, and it's in reference to a sheep. Sometimes today they call it a stuck sheep. But a cast sheep 
is a sheep that has gotten itself completely on its back and unable to get up. (laughs) Great picture, right? Just Google cast sheep. You'll find tons of photos of this because it is very, very common. Now, when we look at this, this is a pretty pathetic sight, isn't it? And I want you to know something about a sheep that finds itself in this position is that they literally cannot get up on their own. It is impossible. Notice their spindly little legs, you know? Their legs are sort of kicking there, and they're all, they're all round, their body's round, and their, sheep, their, their, their little sheep feet are just like kicking away. They literally cannot get up by themselves. They lay on their back, their feet are in the air, and honestly, for a sheep that finds themselves in this position, it is a desperate place to be. They will try to, for a while, kind of, uh, you know, make some noise and call for help. But the, the, the crazy thing about all of this is ultimately it ends up just being a frightened, panic frustration. And here's the thing about a sheep in this condition. If a shepherd does not get there within a reasonable short time, this sheep is dead meat. <laughs> it's dead. They say that on a warm day, if it's in the summertime and this happens to a sheep, they can die within an hour or two of this condition. You say, well, why in the world, if you just lay on your back, would you die? Well, the way that they are created is that when they're in this position, there's some gases that begin to build up internally that cut off circulation to their limbs and ultimately cut off circulation to their heart. Now, if it's a warm or a cool day or a rainy day, they may last as long as 24 hours But basically, if a sheep finds itself in this position, unless somebody comes along, unless somebody comes along, they're they're done. Now, last night, um, I did a little bit of barbecuing, and so uh, I made sure I bought some lamb, because I wanted our boys to just experience this and give them a visual illustration of uh, the situation here. But that's the truth. If a sheep is found in this position, I mean, it's pretty much over unless someone comes along to rescue it. I think you understand, right? Now... This is a concern not only to the sheep. I told you there's going to be some, you know, just some odd stories in this series. Um, (laughs) This whole situation obviously is a concern to the sheep itself, of course, but it's also a concern to the shepherd. See, for a shepherd, for this to happen, for for this to happen with the sheep, I mean, they're losing profit right at that moment. Especially if a sheep has, uh, is pregnant, has babies, I mean, there's potential for even more life loss. There's more, more issues. And so for a shepherd, and, and Philip Keller writes about this in his book when he was a shepherd himself, he was constantly, every day when he's checking his flocks, he was always counting the sheep. He was always checking if he saw birds of prey that would be circling. He knew that possibly one of his sheep was cast. And so they were always on the lookout, always working. If you, if you are looking, if he was counting and he was missing one or two, his first thought was like, oh no, they've cast, they've fallen over because they cannot keep up with the rest of the group. And so the question now arises, though, if this is a terrible thing for a sheep to be in, a terrible position for a sheep to be in, it's not a good thing for the shepherd, how does a sheep get itself in this condition? Well, there's several ways that this can happen, and I want to just cover these really briefly. First of all, sheep find themselves in this position if they're trying to get comfortable, if they're trying to get comfortable. Sheep are odd animals, and they're always looking for comfort. And one of the best ways to find comfort if you're a sheep, in case you're wondering, is you find a a spot where it kind of hollows out a little bit, like a rut. I don't know if you notice that in the photo. Uh, I'll go back to the photo. You'll notice there's a little bit of a rut right there that he's in. And so they'll try to find a spot like that because oftentimes the grass may be a little bit thicker. It's a little bit more comfortable. 
The problem is, is when they lay down in that rut and they're like, oh, this is feeling really good. This is, by the way, how I feel in the morning when I have to get up. I don't really want to get up, you know? They lay down and what happens is their body weight or the, <laughs> the body weight will shift a little bit and then their feet will just come up and then they're done. They cannot get up again. Unless they stay kind of crouched over with their feet under them, it's not going to happen. But they get comfortable and they kind of fall asleep and next thing you know, they're on their back. Another reason that sheep find themselves in this difficult position is when they are controlled. You say, what are you talking about? What I mean by that is that sometimes sheep, their wool gets so thick and it gets so heavy and it gets so big and it gets so dirty, honestly. Sheep are really gross. We talked about that last week. They're really gross and they get their own dung and all sorts of stuff built up in their wool that they can get so heavy that, again, their, uh, uh, their, <laughs> their center of gravity gets so out of control that they literally become controlled by the very thing that makes them valuable. Think about that for a moment. That they become controlled by the weight of their, of their, um, uh, their wool, and it just, they just tips them right over. That's another way that they find themselves in this position. Another way, and I, I just went with the C's to make it easy, is when they get conceited. You say, sheep can get conceited? Okay, here's what I mean by that. <laughs> another way that this happens is when a sheep gets too fat. When it gets too fat. How does that happen? Well, it's when they start to think that they deserve all the food that everybody else gets. And so we talked about this last week some, but these are sheep that are constantly dominating other sheep. They're headbutting others out of the way. I mean, when it's time to eat, they're the first one there. They eat the most. They chase away the others. And they actually can get to the place where they get so fat so, uh, because they're just nonstop, just eating, 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 and it becomes all about them, right? That they can get so fat that they tip over and lose their balance because of their own weight. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Think about it. The thing that they're desiring to have, to be healthy and to have all of this, it can actually kill them. Now, it's not too hard for us to see the spiritual connection here. Because a comfortable, controlled, or conceited Christian is also in similar danger as a sheep that finds themselves in these positions. You know, I just want to connect this for a moment with us. If you live your life constantly seeking out the comforts of this world, if your whole life is about, I just want to be comfortable, I want to make sure that everything's okay, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, everything goes the way that I want it to go, if you're looking for heaven on earth, uh, in this earth, if you're always looking for a place where there's no hardship, if you're always pursuing uh, and you're trying to find a place where there's no uh, self-discipline necessary and all you want is comfort, and what happens is that you soon become complacent, right? You become forgetful that you are in a spiritual battle. When that happens, what, what happens when, when, when you get into that mindset is that you become very susceptible to attacks. See, that's the thing about a sheep that's found themselves in this position is they are defenseless, they're susceptible to attacks. And when we as Christians are always seeking comfort, we don't recognize that we're in a spiritual battle, that God has not called us to a life of ease and tranquility, but he's called us to be in the battle for the, for the right, in the battle for the gospel, sharing the truth with others, that uh, experiencing and knowing the brokenness of this world. If we allow ourselves to get in that way, we just become apathetic, apathetic in the Christian life, and then we find ourselves in danger. You know, Jesus in Matthew 6, he talked about how we're not to live our life always just building up treasures of this life. It's not all about this world. And so if you are the kind of person that is always seeking comfort in this life, you will find yourself like a cast sheep. You'll, you may find yourself in a position where you are far away from the shepherd's care. And, and honestly, listen, 
There's been times in my life where I have pursued the comforts of this life so much. And when I got there, do you know what I discovered? I was far from God and I wasn't happy. It didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And so if we find ourselves in that position, maybe that's some of you today, you're just seeking comfort. That's all you think about is I want, I want all of the comforts of this life. And you've given your life to it. You're putting yourself in a dangerous position. The other aspect that we see here is if we allow ourselves to be controlled by anything other than Jesus Christ. And I talk about the sheep being controlled of the very thing that makes him valuable. And that often is what happens with us when we're pursuing the things of this life, when we're pursuing the things of this world, we become controlled by them. And we can be controlled by our sin and by our selfish desires. We can be controlled by our, our proneness to laziness. Did you know you can be controlled by a doubtful and a fearful heart? It can control every aspect of your life. And if you find yourself in that position where you're controlled in this way, what happens is that you will also be weighed down with all of those other controlling things, and it's easy then for you to lose balance. It's easy for you to lose focus and find yourself out of control. And there's nothing worse than coming to a point in your life where you're like, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. Or I'm being controlled by these other things. It's terrible to be controlled by fear, isn't it? It's terrible to be controlled by the lusts of the flesh. But yet so often we are controlled and then we find ourselves completely helpless and in danger. As well, if we're not careful, if we find ourselves living only for ourselves. And these all kind of tie together, don't they? If it's only about our comfort, our wealth, our ideology, our only emphasis is on what we want and making sure that we are getting everything that we think we deserve and everything that we want, what happens is that we end up missing out on God's real plan for us. And I was thinking about the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter three. And th this is a group of people that figured out, or they thought that they had arrived. They're like, we have done it. We've gone for the world's uh, good things and we've got it. And he says to them, he says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. So they got to a place where they're like, I figured it out. All my business stuff is working out. I've, I've figured out how to make things uh, how I want them to be. And I've got all of this earthly success and I've got everything where I want it to be. But then he, he really rebukes them where he says, you don't even know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Here's the point is that if you're living your life pursuing this world and you think that you've got it figured out and I've got the business plan laid out and I've got the family plan laid out and everything is, is where I think it should be, you will definitely lose balance. And what happens is that you're gonna to get to the point where God's gonna say, listen, you don't even know. You don't even know where you're at. You don't even know where you're at. He says they're wretched and miserable and poor. They don't even understand that about themselves. And for us, if we're not careful, church, if we are always pursuing the comfort and that's all your mind is thinking about and you will find yourself like a sheep that is cast alone and struggling and wondering what happened. I don't even have to take very much time to just ask you the question this morning, do you remember what that's like? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, where your life was in the pursuit of everything else but Christ, and it took you getting to a place of desperation, of, of sorrow, of difficulty and trial, where you're like, this is not, this is not the right plan. And so we take a warning from these sheep, these cast sheep, because ultimately, if you find yourself in that position, the only answer for that sheep and the only answer for us is restoration by the shepherd. Restoration by the shepherd. 
Remember, it is the shepherd that can restore balance to that sheep. It is the shepherd that can bring that contentment of that sheep that is panicked and cast down. And I want to tell you this morning, if you are in that position yourself, if you are cast down, if you have found yourself just always living for the things of this life and things of this world, and you feel like you're far from God, and you know you're far from God, and you're feeling desperate, and your little legs are kicking in the air, and you can't get right back up, you can't figure out how to get back to where you need to be, i got to tell you, you need to return to the shepherd. It is the shepherd that can restore. It is the shepherd that can get you out of that desperate situation. He is the one who can restore you. Now, I want to tell you, though, that the restoration process is not immediate, nor is it easy. When a sheep is found in that position, when they're cast, the the shepherd doesn't just pick them up and off they run. The shepherd, as I I learned about myself, uh, Braden, no, I won't get him to help us here. I'm I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to illustrate this. <laughs> but when a sheep is cast down and the shepherd flips him back up on his feet, what he'll do is he'll stand over the sheep and kind of hold him up with his legs. And then, I mean, the, and we don't understand this because I don't think any of us are shepherds, but he'll, he'll rub the sheep's legs and try to get that circulation going, you know? And uh, he'll rub it down and, and, and he'll say things like, stupid sheep, stupid sheep, you know, and, and, and try to restore it, you know? And, and, and eventually, and, he, and in the book he says, it takes a long time. It takes quite a long time of, of making sure that sheep gets back. Eventually, he said, the sheep will finally be able to go back and join the flock and continue to be in the safety of the flock. What is happening there in that restoration process? That sheep is getting another chance to live, isn't he? Because without the shepherd's restoration, without the help of the shepherd, I mean, he's not going to survive. Because restoration is for those that are cast down. And I really do believe that this would have been at the front of David's mind as he was writing this. And he's thinking of those sheep. (laughs) He's thinking of those times in his life where, from his own decisions, his own pursuits of comfort, Lust of the flesh, he found himself in need of a restoring savior. But there's a second aspect I believe David was thinking about as well. When he talks about restoration, he would have also been thinking that restoration is for the wandering. Restoration is for the cast down, but restoration is also for the sheep that wander away. You know, unlike a lot of other animals, um, and not every animal has this, but sheep definitely do not have the ability to find their way home once they're lost. There might be the one or two very odd or rare circumstances that that happen, but for the most time, if a sheep wanders off on his own, that's it. (laughs) At some point, he'll look up and be like, I don't know where I am, (laughs) you know, but he'll completely be wandered off. And and they wander off for a lot of different reasons. Most often, they're trying to find uh, food or they're trying to uh, find a a spot of of safety or protection. Maybe there's uh, some sort of predator that comes along, Uh, but they uh, try to go off. They try to find a spot to find contentment, find a little bit of grass. But oftentimes, the sheep, when they're away, they don't even know that they're away from the shepherd. They don't even know that they're away from the rest of the flock until they realize that, hey, where is everybody? I can't help but think of Luke chapter 15 when we think of the picture of a lost sheep. Where Jesus said, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now this, this passage is incredible because it shows the love and care of the shepherd. The shepherd that knows his flock so much that if one is straying, if one has wandered off, he knows exactly which one it is. 
And then he goes to great effort to find it. He, he travels, he finds it, he picks it up, and he brings it back, restores it to the flock. And how there is so much joy that he brings others together and says, rejoice with me, I found the one that was lost. I was wondering if he then barbecued that one for everybody, all his friends to rejoice. I don't think so. It's probably something else. <laughs> But he says, rejoice. I mean, there's this incredible picture here of, of, of seeking and finding and knowing the one that is lost. And we love that passage, of course, but there is so much spiritual connection to that as well. That there's joy when a wandering child of God returns to him. You know, it's always amazing to me how easy it is to wander away from God. Have you noticed that? How easy is it to just find ourselves at a great distance? Oftentimes, we don't even notice that we are far from him. And just like it makes no sense for a sheep to wander off onto its own into the wilderness without the care of the shepherd, when there's so much danger out there, it really doesn't make any sense for Christians to wander away either, but yet we do, don't we? Sometimes we don't even recognize it. Sometimes it seems like things are still going pretty good. You know, I haven't read my Bible for two weeks and everything's going okay. <laughs> I haven't prayed in a month. <laughs> but you know what? Everything's, everything's all right still. It's, it's going all right. You know, at church, you know, I skipped it last weekend and whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Things are going okay. Now, those aren't just the only ways that you connect your walk with God. Please don't misunderstand me, okay? But I think you know what I'm talking about. Where we aren't really walking with him. We're not truly praying without ceasing. We're not truly walking in the Spirit. And after a while, we don't even realize how far it is that we have strayed from him. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Peter was saying that you were as sheep that were going astray. But now, he says, you're returned to the shepherd and bishop, that's the pastor, the leader of your souls. The truth is that we do wander sometimes. And when we do wander, the shepherd will come looking for us. I think this is a really important point this morning that I want us to understand. That though we do wander as Christians, sometimes we find ourselves far away from God. I want you to know that if you are his child, if you are his sheep, he will come looking for you. Now that should give us great comfort, but it also brings with it a set of seriousness and understanding that when God does come to find us, it's not always super pleasant when he comes to find the wandering child. Now, here's the great thing. He, he always will welcome you back. He'll say, come, draw close to me again. In Hebrews, though, in Hebrews 12, verse 6, though, it says that who the Lord loves, he chastens. That means he corrects. And he even scourgeth every son whom receiveth. Now, verse 8 tells us that if there is no correction in your life, if God does not come after you in that way, then you're actually not his child. So there's comfort in that, that he corrects us. You know, I correct my children because I love my children. I think the biggest sign that a parent does not truly love their kid is when they just let them do whatever they want because they're putting themselves in danger. They're, put, they're allowing their child to put themselves in danger. They're not ready to make those kind of mature decisions. So you correct them so that they know that there's danger out there and you correct them so that they'll be safe, right? Help me out here, parents. Help me out here, future parents. Yeah, okay, all right, good. <laughs> That's true. There's a love that, that's connected to our correction. And it's the same way with God. When we, when we find ourselves straying and we're away from him, God corrects us and brings us to him. It's interesting in our study how that if there's a certain sheep that is constantly wandering away. Sometimes there's one sheep. Uh, he was talking about this one sheep in particular of his that kept on just always going away, always wandering off, doing whatever it wanted to, always trying to find holes in the fence, and always influencing other people to come along as well. 
And he talked about how he had to severely correct that sheep. But one of the things that I learned is that shepherds, if they have a sheep that's constantly wandering off, one of the things that they'll do, now don't get upset, but this is true, they'll break one of their legs. (gasps) I saw somebody with a shirt this week that says, let's get on board with animal rights. (laughs) So I hope they're not watching this today. (laughs) I didn't do it, okay, but it's true. They'll break one of their legs. And the reason is, is that now they don't just break it and be like, ha, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, wander away again. Yeah, try it, right? No, that's not it at all. They will, they'll injure them and then they will, they will splint their leg and they'll wrap it up and they'll care for that sheep. And the reason they do that is because then that sheep who has this injury will not wander off. And uh, it's really interesting and I don't really understand it. I've never done that to any of my kids or anything like that. <laughs> Stay close. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. But it's a really interesting thought. And really, it's an interesting illustration of how sometimes God brings correction with us as well. It isn't always easy. Sometimes it hurts when God corrects us. But often, and I want you to know this, it's not easy, but it is for our good. It's for our good. That stupid sheep that just keeps wandering off into the wilderness, if that shepherd doesn't correct it, if he doesn't make sure that he stays close to the flock, he's dead. She's going to wander off into the, into the, and, and, and be cast and fall down and be susceptible to predators. And oftentimes God, he knows how far we can wander. And so he corrects us and he brings us back to him. And so we should not fear it. We should not be upset about it. It reveals God's love for us. And so he tries to restore us. And so sometimes there's a corrective aspect that brings us back to him. But I want you to know that the plan of the shepherd is always carried out with great care and love because the shepherd always wants what is absolutely best for the sheep. I think sometimes, church, and I'm almost done, I think sometimes in life, when we think about this subject of wandering away from God, that we get the idea, and it's the wrong idea, that we get the idea that when we fail or when we fall or when we wander away from God, when we find ourselves then in a position of being cast down and, and without, without a shepherd, we, we sometimes get the idea that God is disgusted with us, that he's fed up, or that he's even like just furious and just so angry with us. That's the idea that we have, some, and it's a wrong idea. I want you to understand It's a wrong idea. You know, a few minutes ago, we read in Luke 15, and we saw the joy of the shepherd that is restoring the one to the flock. And while God does not condone or take lightly our sinful journeys or those times that we find ourselves away from him, what I want you to know is that he will never turn his back on you. 1 John 1, 9 is one of my favorite verses, probably the most quoted verse here at City Baptist Church. (laughs) But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, to restore us from all unrighteousness. I was thinking about those that Jesus gave us this example of, and I was thinking about Peter and how many times he wandered away from the Lord. How many times did he say, God, I'm with you till the end. I'm going to deny him. <laughs> God, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> uh, Lord, I'm going to be with you uh, till, you know, even if they try to kill me, God, I'll be there. What's that that little girl said? No, 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 I don't know him. <laughs> I'm not a part of who he is. And yet Jesus always returned to Peter. And that's such a great picture there. And, and it tells us in Scripture that when he was away that Jesus prayed for Peter, that he called him by his name, but he gently confronted him, that he corrected him, that he then gave him another commission and that he filled him with the Spirit again because Jesus is always ready to restore. 
You know, David was a man of many ups and downs spiritually. There were times in his life where he was so filled with the presence of God that he did incredible things. But then there were moments of extreme desperation. Moments where he was so, we read about it and we're disappointed in David. (laughs) And we shake our heads, I'm so disappointed in you, David, that you could do that. There's so many moments where he was so far from God. And it was in those times, and this is the testimony of David that I love so much, that he would cry out to God and he would say, God, I need to be restored to you. I need to be restored to you. And so today my question for us is this, are you in need of restoration? Now, I know we had all these silly stories and applications from sheep and shepherd, but sometimes it's silly where we find ourselves, isn't it? Sometimes we're like, I can't believe I'm in this position. I can't believe that I'm this far from God. I can't believe that I thought that. I can't believe that I said that. I can't believe that I'm doing this. I can't believe that I'm involved in this thing. I can't believe that this has become the source of every, my, my, my pursuits. And we find ourselves so far, so at a distance from God, and whether it's an intentional wandering or an unintentional wandering, or it's just the pursuit of the things of this life, we get caught, at, caught up in it, we find ourselves cast down, we find ourselves away from the Lord The point is, is that he is always calling us back to him. He's always saying, hey, I'm ready to restore. And so my call to you this morning is, are you in need of restoration? Are you right now? Maybe nobody else knows it. Nobody in this world knows how far you are from God in this moment. But you need to be restored. And I want to tell you today that the shepherd is ready to restore you. He is your shepherd. And he's saying, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to come alongside of you. I'm ready to restore your soul. And so I ask you today, would you cry out to him? Would you return to him? Would you ask God and say, God, would you do that restoration work in my life of mercy and of grace that bring me back to the flock, God. (laughs) Bring me back to that place of safety and security. Psalm 42, verse 11. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And that's a great illustration. Why do I feel like I'm out of control? Why do I feel like I have no safety? I'm completely stuck. Why are you disquieted? That's the the anxiety and the, the, the struggle that is within us. Notice the answer here. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hope thou in God. That's the call for us today. If you find yourself wandering, if you find yourself astray, would you hope in God? Would you return to him? He is the restorer of your soul. Don't let yourself be in that cast down position for too long. In fact, I'd say as soon as you find yourself there, get, get out of there. Call the restorer. <laughs> Call your shepherd. Say, hey, I, I can't be like this. You're in danger. You're, you're exposing yourself to so many things. Maybe you've wandered from God. Maybe you aren't where you were a year ago, six months ago. Maybe you're just struggling in your daily walk. Maybe you're struggling in your faithfulness. You're struggling in in all of these areas of of the evident Christian life. Can I encourage you today to be restored to God? Confess your sin. He's faithful. He's just to forgive you. And this morning, my my call and my goal for us is that we leave here fully restored to the shepherd today. We hope that today's message was a help to your relationship with God. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. 
Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue His will for your life.